Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with science advisor Matt Moniz. Psychic medium Stephanie Burke is out tonight. She is under the weather. She's not feeling well and we said, hey, don't bring it here. I don't, I don't think she's been to China lately though, so we don't have to worry too much about that. Although I did have Chinese food the other night, but we also have all these airports she's running through. That's true. I I wonder if I, we should ask her if she's one of those people that wear the wear the mask when they go through the airport. I don't think she uses a mask, but she definitely is a PRL person. The the masks don't help you. No. Like that's the the mistake that people make when they put those masks on is that it's going to keep you from getting sick from somebody else. The mask is designed so that if you're you, sick, so you, don't you don't infect other people. people. Correct. So when you're walking around with a mask on and being like, oh, I'm safe, I'm not going to get sick, you're just, you're, first of all, you're probably going to get sick. And second of all, you're just making yourself look stupid. So we'll get angry phone calls now from people that tell us well, you're, we don't know what we're talking you about. You are correct. I know, but they'll still call and tell us we don't know what we're talking about anyway. Okay. Welcome to the I world of the internet. 30 years working in, you know, <laughs> okay. Do you have a Facebook degree? <laughs> Apparently not. You know, I, I know that you've studied at, at multiple different schools, including Harvard. Yep. But if you don't have that Facebook degree, yep. you don't know what you're talking about. Apparently not. So until I see some Facebook credentials, sir. <laughs> You just mind your business. Uh, this is, believe it or not, we do talk about the paranormal here each and every Saturday night. And tonight we will be talking with uh, some pretty interesting guests. We had them on about six, seven months ago. Uh, Corey and Jen Heinzen bought The Conjuring House in Harrisville, Rhode Island. And they are now opening it up to the public. And so we're going to talk with them about that, about this transition, about what that means. And uh, we'll find out how people can get in there if they want to get in there and check it out for themselves. Uh, you know, we still haven't been, but we'll we'll make it a point to try to get over there at some point. Uh, also, uh, we have some special guests with us in the studio. We have Julie and Kara, who are local content creators, uh, and they've they've started a new show. So tell us, uh, ladies, about this this program that you started and how people can can check it out and what it's called and all that stuff. Okay, well, you can check us out on VGTV. Uh, I'm sorry, on Instagram, it's VGTV. Um, we like to get community creators uh, to interview. So that's where, find us, VGTV. So, I'm, listen, I'm not that great with Instagram. Don't tell one of my bosses here that I'm in charge of the social media. But the, you know, the, the, Instagram is kind of one of those things that it's become the new social media place that, you know, years ago it was Facebook, uh, before that, MySpace, MySpace. all that. Yeah. But, but Instagram seems to be the place that everybody's going now to consume content, which is weird to me because it's in, in my eyes, it's the hardest place to consume content because they don't allow hyperlinks and the posts and basically you're just looking at a photo or a video and you don't really you know people don't always go in there and get all the description how does it work with the instagram tv how, how do you get that out there and get the word out there about it we kind of have this theory because we know ourselves to be um, not very focused adults and <laughs> we don't have attention spans for more than a couple of minutes at a time. That's true. So we like Instagram for that where you can on Instagram TV, you can film something for I think it's up to 12 minutes or something like that. But if you don't want to watch it for that long, it shows up in a preview. 
So you can just kind of, if you're scrolling and you really just don't have the time to wait a, a, more than a minute, you can see the preview, which that's, you know, we're just preying on people like ourselves who have no attention span whatsoever and try to say as much funny things as we can. Do you, yeah. do you guys edit the preview or does Instagram edit it, shorten it for you? We have the ability to I'm edit it. I'm just going to ask you to just pull a little closer to the mic. We have the ability to edit. However, we're very new to this, so we've had a lot of you know mishaps. Okay. So we didn't understand how to edit the thumbnail. Listen, technical problems can be very endearing to the audience. We've had some funny ones. <laughs> Here we are 14 years into doing this show. And we still have technical problems every week. So, yeah. and people stick with hear. us. So it's, you know, you don't have to shy away from having the, just admit it. That's the key. You know, True. just say, yep, totally our fault. We bone that one. And then people will kind of appreciate it. But I also think too that with, as we get into these different types of social media and everybody kind of adds in their own uh, verse. So, you know, this IGTV, it's basically like trying to steal away some of the Facebook Live action that people were getting, you know, and it's even though they're owned by the same people, but still like it's trying to like kind of filter that. So what we're seeing is in real time, we're seeing these social media companies figuring out what works the best and kind of utilizing us as the guinea pigs for that. You know, so you're creating this content for them while they figure out the best way to feed it all out and everything. And I think eventually it's going to get to the point where the content creators will start to dictate to the platforms like what what they need to keep doing this because if you get a show that takes off and does very well mm. well now you can start telling instagram what you think works the best That's you know and I, I know that you know the rock was somebody that was complaining about um some of the things that were going on with the video like he was complaining he couldn't do longer videos so next thing you know instagram lengthens the video time True. so it, it's it's interesting that the content creators can kind of dictate what the platforms will do yeah i'm i'm I think we're probably only a few months away from that ourselves where they start listening to us you know, about our level. suggestions. Yeah, yeah. we're at the about there. level. And, you know, we do have a lot of Facebook followers, so it'd be interesting like to see. 10 or 20. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> or likes. We have something. We have something out there. We have some likes. A couple people have liked our posts. But it will be interesting to see kind of if that transitions and what it looks like in the future. Yep. We just have to keep putting out. That's what we say. That's right. We just keep putting out. We keep putting out. Yep. That would get you uh, viewers. It, it, right? I think that's why we get mostly men, because we we did. You know, they do give you the insights, so you see. Yeah, we're the demographic very... is like a thirteen to eighteen year old boy. But that was in Maine, right? Specifically yes, it, in Maine, and then men between the ages of forty five and sixty five in yeah. general. Yeah. So just uh, we're getting a lot of comments on on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com and on YouTube about the the microphones. These the, the two microphones that the guests are on are very bad. So oh. it's not your fault. I just I just jacked everything up all the way. So hopefully that'll help a little bit. We are we're getting all of this, and I feel like I've been saying this now for four years, but we're getting all of this stuff here redone. And then when that's redone, there'll be all new equipment in here. So it'll be a lot easier for for us to do that. But I did. So does that mean they're donating that up. board to the Smithsonian? <laughs> this one, I think. Uh, well, it was made in the seventies. Did you ever at least. see the movie Office Space? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When they finally get rid of the uh, the what was it the printer or, or yeah. the server or whatever machine? Oh, the, yeah. And they the bring it. Thing. Yeah, and they bring it out to the back, uh, yeah. out into the field, and they just start. You know. So I already have. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. I'll queue yeah. up <laughs> so that when they replace this thing, we can go out back with it. Oh. 
And just the Slam only thing it. is, is I'm not that good of a of a content creator for Instagram or anything, so I don't know how to do the slow motion videos. So I told everybody that when we do it, you just have to bash it like slowly. <laughs> So it looks like it's slow motion. <laughs> That's the way that we'll do it to, to get it going. Uh, so, and basically, you guys came here tonight to, to talk with me for your yeah. show. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, thank you for the opportunity to share. And uh, you're welcome for all the earth-shattering records that you'll get from people that watch that. Everybody that's in this chat room right now, you better go and watch it. Uh, but the, you know, the, the good thing is, is it's giving people an opportunity to create i go back to cable access you know cable access was something that at the forefront and with the idea behind it and some cable systems took advantage of it you know you have this opportunity to let people who are creative and have an interest in this be able to create things for themselves and and then it turned into every cable company every cable system in the world every local community access channel just getting two chairs two plants and a curtain yeah mm-hmm. You know, so it didn't really pan out the way that people might have intended it to do. But with this, everything is in your hands. So you get to decide what you're going to do. You get to decide how you're going to put it out. So it's it's really good that it's giving people that have creative ideas an outlet to be able to do it. And we're also at a point where the world is so segmented in what people are interested in that, you know, you, you no longer have to look at things by, you know, the like we talked earlier when you were interviewing me, you know, it's not about this show becoming some national syndicated success. It's about just building a loyal audience that loves it every week and wants to be part of it and gets upset if you're not there anymore. You know, and that becomes who you're creating this content for. And I think that that kind of interconnects us a lot more personally than, you know, the old broadcast TV type structure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so many people doing so many interesting things in their communities. And we use the community term quite broadly. I mean, right here in the South Coast and beyond. And, you know, we're interested in kind of highlighting what folks are doing and, you know, different interests. And we're very honored to be here tonight to have interviewed you and very excited to get out there with it. Wait till you look back and review the footage. In the moment, it seems way well, better than it actually is. I know it's great. It's going to be great. So, like, I there's been plenty of times when I've done shows where I've gone back and been like, "Wow, that was a great show." And then I go back and listen. I'm like, "What are you talking about?" What? came out of left field with that uh we are going to be talking in a few moments uh, with the the owners of the conjuring house and I, I invite you guys to stick around and and talk with them uh we're going to talk to them about this new venture that they've undertaken with letting people come in to investigate uh, which is something that i think a lot of people you know paranormal investigators have been trying to get in there for years and are now have been going in there. Corey and Jen have been nice enough to let them in. But I think regular everyday folks have been dying to get in there and do the same thing. Is that something, is that a place you guys would want to go to if you have the chance? I mean, to me it is. You know, we had talked earlier and, um, you know, I think being from an old New England family where hauntings are something that are just sort of an everyday, oh yeah, you know, aunt so-and-so died, she's coming back. We all accept that. Um, the ability to go, especially to a house like that with such fame and such legend and history to me is certainly fascinating i think though that the the downside is that people see this in a movie Mm. and they think that it's going to be like the movie when they go there that's a good point yeah that's what i was just saying to kara um i my horror is my genre i love horror movies however now that i'm sort of getting more 
interested in ghosts and 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 paranormal knowing that that's real is a different story like it's you know a fantasy or it's or it's something that actually is real so i, I mean the good thing though is, is is you know you can like i have friends that are paranormal researchers that say oh, i can't watch a horror movie anymore because it seems so ridiculous to me mm-hmm. but i i've always been able to separate the entertainment of a horror film with the actuality of an investigation when you go on an investigation mm-hmm. God knows it would be the world's most boring horror movie if it was actually, you know, it would be like, it'd be an eight hour long movie. 90 minutes of people sitting in the dark. Yeah. It'd be an an eight hour long movie with 30 seconds of intense, you know, dramatic action. It just, it it wouldn't work. Uh, And that's why, you know, this this was a thing that came out for years where people were saying, you know, uh, paranormal TV shows need to present what it's really like to investigate the paranormal. Like, no, because nobody would watch that. Exactly. Yeah. Think about the most boring television show that you've ever seen in your life that you had to sit through. Now imagine that, only now it's people sitting in the dark doing the same thing. You know, like if that's, it's not something that people would want to see. What they would want to see is the best highlights of that. And that's what these paranormal TV shows are. So let's, uh, let's talk with Corey and Jen Heinzen of The Conjuring House, or The House. Well, we'll, we'll let them give us all the official details of what we can call it and what we can't call it because I don't want to invoke the ire of any film studios. Uh, Corey and Jen, uh, do we have you on the line? Uh, hold on, hold on. What? Oh, that button there. Okay, guys, are you with us? Yeah, we're here. There you are. Okay, <laughs> we weren't getting it fed through our board here. Everything's, everything's uh, as <laughs> Stephanie would say, Mercury retrograde around here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're doing the best we can to uh, overcome some technical challenges. How are you guys? Not too bad. How are you all doing? Uh, doing pretty well. So the big announcement came out yesterday that uh, people are now going to be able to, to come to the house. And what's the official title of the house that you're allowed to use? Uh, we're still going with the the farm on round top road okay just you know to keep everybody happy i guess that's because <laughs> we're, we're really not sure what we're allowed to really call it um but pretty sure i mean we still call it the conjuring house ourselves but i don't like as far as in writing i don't copyright issues right <laughs> and, the, that, and the tv shows that have come have all referred to it as the conjuring house too so yeah yeah. You know, if, if if they're not going after, you know, Zach and Amy and Adam and all them, then they're, they're probably going to leave you guys alone. But anyway, you know, the important thing is, you know, people have been uh, wondering since you purchased the house, what, like six, seven months ago, was it now? Uh, j- just about. We purchased it back in June. June. So people have been wondering ever since then if, if they would have the chance to get in there. And, and now you've made this, this big announcement. Tell everybody exactly what you have planned. Uh, right now, uh, we're open to uh, host investigations, uh, letting people in uh, whenever they decide to, to want to come in, I guess. Um, they can come in from uh, 6 at night till 8 o'clock in the morning, and we basically give them a quick tour and just let them loose and let them uh, discover it for themselves, you know. So is it open only to people that are already investigators or teams, or can the general public, uh, can they book a night as well? Anybody anybody can book it. I mean, some people consider it like an Airbnb, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had people that have 
come here that have just, you know, they're horror fans. They have no inclination to investigate whatsoever. So yeah, they just want to stay overnight just to see what it's like, and they love it. Yep. So do do you have beds available for people to sleep if they do want to sleep? Um, we do have some, yeah, we have a couple beds that are extra beds and we have some cots. Um, we don't advertise it as like, I mean, because it's not an Airbnb because we right. don't advertise it like that because we don't have everything to provide, a, you know, a group of people. But we do have some bedding if people decide that they don't want to stay up all night, then it is available. But we just don't advertise it like that. I just want to be able to take a nap. That's all I care about. <laughs> you know, that's a long time, all that time. So the yeah. the idea being that um, people can come in and, and conduct their own investigations, uh, but you could you have uh, somebody available to kind of lead the investigation if you if you get people that come in that are that are newbies and don't have any experience. Yeah, uh, Jen and I are are here all the time. Okay. You know, this is, this is a <laughs> this is where we live. You know, we just have a like a separate room at the end of the house that's more modernized if you will. And uh we actually watch everybody on the cameras and stuff like that. Does that sound creepy? It it does, <laughs> but that's okay. Like we like it to sound creepy. <laughs> I'd want to know that somebody was watching. I'd be looking at the cameras being like, "Did you see that too?" Right. You know? So, but that's that's very interesting, though. That when, knowing that you'll be there, I think, is um, a very important thing because, as we know, you know, there's been issues in the past with that property, with people showing up and and doing what they want. So, you know, knowing that you're going to be there, I think, will make people less likely to to come in there and try and you know take advantage of the situation. True. I never thought of it like that. True. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, and and and. You know, I'm sure you're going to get everybody that has, um, and, and I don't mean this, any disrespect to our in-studio guests who have their own Instagram show, but I'm sure everybody that has, you know, a, a YouTube show or a web show or something, they're going to want to come in there and, and film their own little episode in, in The Conjuring House. So it helps knowing that you'll be there to make sure that nobody kind of gets out of control with any of that stuff. Right. So yeah. now... Uh, have the have the bookings already started rolling in? I mean, is, is is it getting to the point where you're starting to fill up? Um, yeah, a lot of people a lot of people have reached out to us um, through Facebook anyway. So um, we before the website itself was up, I had a booking site that I was able to think, send links to. So people that were interested in it beforehand, when I was in the process of doing this there was a few people that were able to book already. So that was nice that we got a lot of people that way and word of mouth people who knew people who already came. And now that the website's open, it is starting to pick up. I, I would assume that there's a limit of how many people just being, you know, it's a house. It's not like we're, we're in a, an abandoned factory or something. <laughs> I assume there's a limit to how many people that can, can book at any given time. Right. We haven't, we haven't, ruled out a maximum amount of people yet but i can i can just tell by the people that have already been here like eight eight is a good number like you get too many people and yeah anything over what eight. you're doing i guess if you're just here for the experience or you need a crowd of people with you to be able to do it then then i guess you know a little more than eight would be okay but if you're serious about investigating and you want it silent as can be to get what you can get eight eight to ten seems like a a decent number or less. 
And and do you have different rates for weeknights versus weekends or? Um, the the rate uh, across the board is it's 125 a person. Um, it's just on Friday and Saturday night since those are the most popular times. We we have to set us uh, a set amount of uh, a minimum of six. A, a minimum of six people or equal amount to uh, yeah. six people. No, that makes sense. You know, on a Wednesday night, if you've got one person that wants to just, you know, lock themselves into the Conjuring house, that's fine. <laughs> right. But Absolutely. You don't yeah. want to give up a Saturday night when there's, that's the only night that some groups could actually get out there. And now right. they're, they're missing out so that one person can do it on their own. Right. No, that makes yeah. sense. And, yeah. and so, and I assume, you know, that, you know, you're, you're utilizing some of that money that's coming in to continue. I know that there's some repairs and things that had to be made and some upgrades that you wanted to make. So... This will yeah. kind of help you with that process, I assume. Yeah, our big project for the summer is definitely going to be to get the barn cleaned out because that's that's a especially come springtime, summertime. A lot of people want to be out there on the barn. Yeah, everybody's been asking things. about the barn. That hasn't been investigated by us either. So, like, the barn's going to be a pretty big project to to clear out. When you say cleaned out, I mean, is there like a bunch of junk in it? Or does it need to be reinforced or? Uh. It's been overrun by uh, bats, yeah, and and they do their business. So yeah, and it was like that when we bought the property. So we just haven't. We've had somebody come out to um, look at it that said they would clean it up for us. It wouldn't be a problem. We just need to be able to cover the hole so the bats don't get back in once it's clean. So yeah, you got to figure out where they're coming from and how they're getting yeah. in there. Well, the yeah. I know that the SK Pierce Mansion in Gardner. They had an issue with their uh, their cupola, cupola, however you pronounce it. They had an issue where that was getting infested with bats, and they couldn't let people up there because of all the the bat guano that was everywhere. So right. uh, maybe maybe they can recommend the name of a good bat bat uh, <laughs> bat exterminator. But yeah. I mean, I think that that's uh, well. The only reason I asked you if it was full of junk is because I was just like, "There's another show. Call the American Pickers. They'll come by." Yeah, it's actually full of a lot of cool stuff. It's just we. I mean, we've been in it a few times. We just don't. We haven't done a whole lot in there just because it really is covered. Sure. Yeah. The uh, that's to be expected though. When you're talking about properties that are this old, you know, we we were talking uh, prior to to Spooky South Coast coming on the air that you know New England is full of these great historic properties, and it's the paranormal that's helping to keep them alive. It's it's the fact that they're haunted that are making people retain interest in properties where if it wasn't for the stories coming out of that place and, and you guys buying it, it could have been bought by somebody that would say, you know what, it's just easier to level this house and build something else on the space. Quite possibly. I mean, uh, we, we never really looked at it that way, but I mean, honestly, the land, the la I love the house, Jen loves the house, and we would never do that. But I mean, the land, I mean, you could put a, like a multi-million dollar house on this land. It's just that, that beautiful. So, yeah. That being said, I think it's definitely the land that's haunted as well. So, well, yeah, yeah we, either way, you'd be screwed. Yeah, that's what they make the mistake of thinking, like, oh, rather than upgrade this property, we'll just build new. Right, yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> how is it that we have ghosts? This is brand new, brand new construction. I can't well, imagine that's doing that to this house. I would would be so sad. Yeah. Oh, I know, but but not everybody has that same appreciation of history as we have. You know, sure. there's there's plenty of places that we see around New England that they just say, you know, you see now they, the towns go around, they put the big red X on the front door. Oh, yeah. And and basically what they're saying is that whoever buys this, you got to tear this house down. 
And, and wow. unfortunately, that's you're seeing houses that are three, sometimes 400 years old, that are getting knocked down because they just say it's easier to just build a new one. So it's it's sad. I mean, I saw there's a there's a, a, a great tavern here on the south coast of Massachusetts that is you know, just being used as somebody's like storage space for his business because he bought it and he doesn't see the the point in, you know, worrying about keeping a historic property. So it's, wow, yeah, that's, that's how it can go. Not everybody has the love of history that uh, I think a lot of us in the paranormal world do. True. I never thought of it like that. That's sad. So uh, again, uh, as we're talking with the, the owners of the, the, what's this, the farm on, on Round Top Road? Is that... <laughs> Conjuring house, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so how can people get to to the website to, to book if they want to try and book it? Uh, the website is uh, theconjuringhouse.com. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, I mean, that, we figure that's easy enough for people to, mm-hmm. you know, Google, and uh, th- we got some information on there. Um, we're still updating that site, um, but you know, it's for the most part, it's it's up and running. Uh, we're going to be able to share information, evidence, and stuff like that. Yeah. And you can book straight from the site. So when we talked to you guys, uh, when you first purchased the house, you'd been in there a few times, and you know you'd had the chance to kind of get in and explore and investigate a little yourselves. Now we've had, you know, you've you've been nice enough to let a lot of different paranormal investigators come by, and there's been a couple of television shows that have come and filmed. Uh, how how are you feeling about the activity in the house now, six months out from from getting in there for the first time? It's definitely increased. Um, it's it's still like we've always said it's nothing bad it's just they're making themselves known a lot more they're presenting themselves a lot more um all the teams that have come in just rant and rave over you know their evidence you know we're, we're getting like floods of evidence reviews and stuff like that just saying hey what do you think of this what do you think of that and it's just it's amazing some of the stuff that they're coming up with and like a lot of it's validating each other right you know it's like this you know people are catching the same things so that's real cool and and i think too that you know it bears mentioning again that anytime you have repeated investigation of the same location you're building a case study so it's not so much just about the actual Mm. activity in that location but it's about kind of the repeatability of all this phenomena in some ways right. and you can really start to answer questions kind of like science almost right. <laughs> i still will say pseudoscience no offense monies all right but the but but that's the great thing about it is you know when we see people that have purchased like uh you know the hinsdale house this house the lizzie borden house you know you get to see these repeated investigations from people that are involved in it you know it's another thing when you own a place like uh, I'm trying to think of it. Well, like Waverly Hills, you know, the yeah. the owners of that house, they let people come in and they do everything, but well, they're it's not not a house, but yeah, I mean, the owners of that property, they let people come in and investigate, but they're not really interested in kind of building their own explanation as to what everything is that's going on there. They like to give people the opportunity to come in and use that money for renovations, but they're not trying to make this, you know, their long term passion project, the paranormal side of it. Uh, but with places like your house, you know, this is the chance for people to come in and you chronicling it means that at the end of all this, someday when you say, okay, we're getting too old for this, we don't want to let people keep coming into our house, we're going to shut this down, we'll have a nice case study of everything that happened over the, you know, 20 years or whatever it was that you allowed people to do that. 
Absolutely. Thank you. Yep. Plus, in addition, of course, to your to your own experiences as well, which we were talking earlier about living in a haunted house, and uh, and I was saying that when my aunt and uncle bought theirs, my aunt just said to the spirits, you know, I just don't want to see you, and that's kind of the contract she made with them. Did you guys make any kind of or try to make any kind of agreement with the spirits that are in that house about you know what you think might be too far? necessarily too far but we we did seriously literally walk in the house and make an agreement to like coexist yeah we weren't going to make them and we were going to do everything in our power to keep it you know keep it how it is right now and just make minor fixes to things but no changes or anything like that and if we were doing something that was out of the realm of what made him happy, you know, let us know in some nice fashion, mm-hmm. you know, nothing crazy like <laughs> throw the refrigerator across the room or something. <laughs> well, if you can get ghosts to do that, send them over to my house because I've got enough stuff <laughs> that needs to get moved around. But then you can have them back when it's done. <laughs> the um, the other side of this, too, though, of course, of, of, of owning a notorious location, uh, a place that is uh, well-known and that people have thoughts and opinions on that, a lot of times are based with any kind, without any kind of fact or any kind of experience being there. I'm sure that you've had uh, your fair share of detractors and, and people who have been uh, kind of trying to be the fly in your ointment, so to speak. Uh, have you been dealing with a lot of that? Uh, kind of. Um, we, we try to stay away from it as much as possible. Um, they just kind of try to stir the pot, if you will. Um, and usually people... Uh, come to our aid, you know, and the, the good thing about the paranormal community is, you know, we, we look out for each other, right? you know, and, uh, you know, we'll stick up, you know, stick up for each other and, you know, call people out yeah. when it, when the time comes and, you know, luckily, you know, people have been that way for us. Yeah. We haven't had to be like, I mean, we're not out to give anybody a bad name and we're not out to destroy other people either. So it's, I mean, we really haven't had to get, I don't want to use the word nasty, but, like, we really haven't had anyone who's who's really come down on us hard. We just, you know, there are people out there that aren't going to believe it, and it's their opinion. They haven't been here, so we just kind of let it be. They can say they've been here four times and nothing's happened, but... We just figure I, maybe the spirits don't like them. Yeah, yeah. that drives me crazy. You know, <laughs> there's one particular guy who I won't name who, you know, went there a couple of times and said that nothing happened when he was there. And so therefore, everybody else that's ever had an experience there is making it up, yeah. uh, including yep. going back to the parents. Of course. Right. You your four visits there are certainly the be all end all of Absolutely. any paranormal activity. It's like people happened. I know that go fishing in a pond. So, you know, some people can pull out, you know record-winning bass and other people go there for like three weeks in a row and get nothing and then how can you say that there isn't fish there because but what's the key when you go fishing to landing fish the right bait and right. using the right yeah. and and maybe this guy is just the wrong bait maybe mm-hmm. he's when they're putting him out on the hook the fish are saying uh no thanks yeah. that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna throw this one back <laughs> turns yeah it turns our stomach a little the um yeah. uh, you know and you mentioned people who <laughs> You had mentioned people who had been there before, and of course that brings up the former owner, uh, Norma Sutcliffe. How is your relationship with Norma? Because I know that you know you you bought the house from her, so things were, I would assume, at least cordial uh, as you were going through that process. How how are things with her now? 
You can no comment it if you feel you have to. Yeah, I was going to say probably next question. Okay. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, we we like Norma, but, you know, she went on the war path on a few things. Well, it, it, we, we had a conversation a few weeks ago with Kenny Biddle after his article came out. Uh, and, you know, it seems like she sold the house. She got her check. But it seems like she still feels like she owns the house. Yeah. I mean, we never really discussed the paranormal part with her, but she knew that Corey was a paranormal investigator. And she told us she was looking for someone that would love the house as much as she did, someone that didn't want to come down, come in and demolish it. And we promised her we wouldn't do that. And, I mean, that's certainly something we will – we – promise we won't do that that's not in our intentions whatsoever and we love the house it's we kept our word we didn't you know we didn't we didn't promise her we weren't going to do anything other than that and but, we didn't discuss the paranormal part with her but she knew Corey was a paranormal investigator what does it matter if you promise her anyway that you wouldn't it's your house now you own it it's your house to do with as you want. As long as the town doesn't have an issue with you doing it, then you, by all rights, can do whatever you want with your property. You know, she doesn't get to dictate what goes on there after she's relinquished ownership of it. The only person uh-huh. that can do that is a historical society. And even then, it depends on what it yeah, is they're trying to say. and there's limitations to that, I'll, too. I'll be honest. I think, I think a lot of her angst comes from people, like, pushing her buttons and telling her, you know, well, they're doing this now and they're doing that. Like, you know, yeah, she, I've, you know, heard things and and stuff like that. But I think, you know, she was like, they're going with the history aspect of it and stuff like that. But then it, it came down to people just pushing her to say, well, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And, and I think, you know, people in her ear doing that. So, so. so it sounds like you think she was okay with what was going on until she started taking phone calls from a Connecticut area code. It could be. I, I think yeah. part of it. I, I think mean, in the beginning she was so angry thinking that we were going to be like, oh my gosh, Bathsheba's still here. You know, this place is overrun by Bathsheba. She really thought that we were going to make the history of this all about Bathsheba and like get everything wrong. And I don't, we haven't heard anything from her since she realized that we agree with her that Bathsheba, we can't find proof that she was here. Well, and that's the that's the sad thing is that these historians, which hey, I like you you just said Kenny Biddle, uh, Jamie Rubio, they all do awesome work and they're awesome historians and stuff like that. And then they they come out and they attack, and it's like, do you not know? We have no say in what these TV shows regurgitate. Right. I'm like, I sat there and watched Jeff Belanger tell, you know, Ghost Adventures basically everything. And they, well, I'm just saying, you know, and what was repeated, like, on TV was different than what was given during Jeff's interview. Yeah, I mean, but that happens all the time is that, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. any but place they, that we... They attack us. They don't attack the TV show. Right. It, and yeah. and it, that's what happens is you can do the best research in the world and you can present all the information the best way, but it's people are also going to look through it from the lens that they've already been given. So, you know, you could have, uh, 
you know, uh, any TV show could show up there, you know, and say, we're going to interview some people and the investigators and the people producing the show could have all the proper research. And then you're interviewing this person who says, yeah, and then I saw Bathsheba Sherman walk through the house with a knife and, uh, you know, she was stabbing a baby. You know, it's like, but you don't. You, you can't control what it is, you know, you pre-interview them and all that stuff, but still, like, people are going to have the, the taint of some of that because that's what's already come out in, in, in the pop culture and the mass media about the location. Right. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, that stuff will kind of subside. I think it will. You know, the, the fact is people will get worked up about something, and when they realize that getting worked up about it doesn't change anything, they'll start getting worked up about something else. I do worry a little bit for you guys, though, with the new Conjuring film coming out. Even though it has nothing to do with the house, I just know it's going to you know, it's gonna cause you some headaches, but at the same time, hopefully it'll increase some of those bookings, too. True, true. Uh, that's coming out this summer, right? There's a new Conjuring film? Yeah. Yeah, it's called The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. made me do it. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's either coming out late summer or around Halloween time. And, oh, uh, great. But thankfully, it has nothing to do with your house. So. Right, right. But that all the other paranormal shows, I'm sure, are still on their way. Um, you know, if anybody hasn't seen already, Ghost Adventures, uh, Kindred Spirits visited there. Is, is that all of them? Well, you can go back to the original first series of Ghost Hunters. That was one of the right. first few episodes. But, but that right. was... That was, that was when, like back in 2005 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 2005, yeah. That was when, you know, and I've gone back and I've watched that multiple times because the 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 assumption is that, and I've even said it on the air, you know, Norma had ghost hunters on the show. She obviously thought it was haunted back then when she let them come in. But I've gone back and watched it a few times, and she's very careful in the way that she presents it. She never says, I saw, I saw, I did this, I experienced yeah, this. Uh, people says, have said, people have reported. People, but she did say, you know, my husband has seen, but she's never said that she had any experiences. Right. So, you know, maybe maybe I was beating up on her a little bit too much, but I'll get another Norma envelope in the mail. Anybody that's <laughs> ever gotten one, you know the Norma envelope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so one more time, the website is theconjuringhouse.com. Conjuringhouse.com. Yes, conjuring yep. And people better hurry up and, and start booking if they want to get in because I'm sure with the nicer weather coming, people are going to be looking to come down there. Yeah, I have a feeling summertime's going to book up really fast. Are you going to put up like an evidence page where people that stay there can put up their evidence or whatever yeah. their results are? Yep. Okay. Yep, we are. Excellent. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, hopefully, you have a nice, quiet evening there tonight. And, uh, you're able to relax, but <laughs> I'd like to come down for a visit. Yeah, we'll we'll get over there come at some point. Down. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, anytime. All right, and uh, well, you, I'll be there next Friday. <laughs> the, the important thing is, the important thing is, though, you guys have put in Wi-Fi, right? Oh yes. Yeah. See, when Norma had the house, she wanted us to come and do do uh, yeah. an episode from yeah. there, and I kept saying, "Well, we, we can't. need Wi-Fi. You don't have good enough internet for us to do it. So <laughs> maybe now yeah. we can work something out." We have Wi-Fi, so come on over. All right. <laughs> All right, we'll be in touch. Thank you so much, guys. Thank, Thank you for having, having us. us. Yep. All right, that is Corey and Jen Heinzen, the owners of The Conjuring House, and you can go check it out for yourself at theconjuringhouse.com if you would like to go and check it out. Listen, it doesn't matter where you come down on uh, you know, how you feel about the Perrin story, how you feel about what Norma said. 
uh, whether or not you believe all the people that have come in there and investigated, if you think it's really as intense as they say it is, but none of that matters because now you have the opportunity to go in there and check it out for yourself. So you can go there and make up your own mind. At $125 a person, it doesn't sound like a bad price at all to pay to get that place and, and to be able to really investigate. And, and as they were saying, you you get to run your own investigation. Yeah. It's not they like just you're coming the in and, and they're saying, you know, well, you have to do this and you have to do this. You know, obviously you want to be respectful of the property and the fact that yeah. they live there. Don't take anything. and Don't, know. no conjuring, you know, for <laughs> lack of a better term. Don't conjure right. up any demons. But, you know, you can get in there and you can explore and investigate the way that you want to investigate. And people always say, you know, that uh, what works in one location doesn't always work in another location. You might have to go in there and now try something that you've never tried before because of all these different stories that you've heard. So don't think that uh, a place getting a reputation or having misinformation put out there, as much as we want to correct all that, it could also lead to some pretty cool activity mm. when you're actually conducting the investigation. How many times have we run into things on investigations oh, yeah. where we've had to dispel yeah. uh, some of the notions that people have had? You know, I just think of the Parson Barnard house in uh, North Andover where people for years thought that Thomas Barnard was one of the accusers in the witch trials and investigated that way and would get either no activity or would get negative activity. And then they come to find out that he was actually trying to exonerate right. the people who were accused and now people go in with that mindset and the place is lit up with oh, wow. a lot more activity and positive activity so all right we're going to take a break uh we'll come back on the other side ladies you can stick around if you want but if you want to take hey, off can I know you it's also late. share your instagram people keep asking one one more time give us that it's account. vg underscore community vg tv on instagram vg underscore community thank you and on facebook as well it's uh community vg so there you go so yeah and, uh, and and people can start signing up now. I'm sure during the break, they'll all start liking your page and following right. you on Instagram and all that. So uh, we will take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll take some calls. I noticed that some phone calls were coming in when Corey and Jen were on the line. We welcome you to call back in 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. Back with more Spooky South Coast in just a short bit. Welcome back. Hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with science advisor Matt Moniz. And we have our special guests that are joining us tonight, Julie and Kara. We're talking, we were talking off the air during the break about some different paranormal topics. And we can certainly take some of that here on the air. Now, uh, I just want to let everybody know that tonight the computer that we usually use for Moniz or Stephanie, whoever's sitting over in that seat to monitor the chat room, it wasn't connecting to the Wi-Fi. Again, as Stephanie would say, Mercury retrograde. So I'm the only one that has the chat room access. So if we missed some questions uh, happening in the first hour, I apologize. Um, it's just the computer is off to the side, and I like to look at the people that are in the room when I talk to them. So, But also people in the room, if I turn away from you and look at the computer, don't think I'm being rude. I'm just multitasking. Sometimes people think that, uh, you know, 
we have a, a massive staff here to help us out with some of this stuff. We, we did have an intern once. Staff. <laughs> we yeah. had an intern once. That was nice. It was nice having somebody that could sit in there and like live tweet and yeah. let us know if we missed anything. But yeah, we miss her. Well, she's in school. That the whole the whole thing was right. for her to get credits for her class. Maybe, maybe she'll maybe she'll come back this summer. All my interns last summer, I had three interns, maybe four. Uh, they all wanted to come back, so you know, maybe one of them will get involved in the show. Mm. We'll see. I, I guess that means I'm a good supervisor, right? If they want to come back, either that or it means I just didn't make them do anything. Yeah, they got easy credit. They're like, we got to show up and hang out at the radio station every day, and they were always bringing in food. Yeah, food. Yeah, we, we get spooky snack coast. We get we get tons of food here during the day. They never leave anything for us on Saturday nights, but uh, certainly I like this. I like what Sudan's thinking. Uh, Tim, you should go on do an investigation of the old Peggy Lawton factory in East Walpole. Hmm. Nobody, nobody loves Peggy Lawton like I do. You familiar? I've heard of it, but I'm, I'm I can't place it. So, do you remember uh, when when we were younger, you would go to the supermarket on um, the uh, the convenience store, sure. and yeah. they always had those those brownies yep. next yeah. to the and they it's a Lawton on it. Yeah, it... that's the Peggy Lawton company that made those those brownies, yes. and. One day we just happened to. That's actually how Spooky Snack Co. started. Yeah, that we didn't really talk about food on this show until we went on and waxed poetically about those Peggy Lot and brownies, and now snacks have become a very popular part of the show. Swedish fish, which uh, I still have Swedish fish candy canes in my office. If you want to try them, I like the Swedish fish. Not a fan of candy canes. I hate candy canes, but I figured I would try it. It's, so Are they sweet, gummy. No, they're regular candy canes. They just taste like yeah, Swedish that's fish, what I was like. which is a great taste when you're eating a Swedish fish candy and you're chewing it and then you swallow it. But it's not a good thing to keep like sucking on it for 20 minutes. Yeah, and being like, mm, this is not good. Although I did used to, because uh, so Swedish fish. Let's bring it back. Okay, we'll explain it to our guests in the studio, and maybe some of the people that are listening don't understand the the uh, Swedish fish story. It actually came about from Jeff Belanger. Yep. Because Jeff is a big fan of Swedish Fish. It was actually, I think, the only candy he really liked. And so it came about that when he would go out and do library lectures, people would bring Swedish Fish to his lectures for him. And so when we started doing Legend Trips events, they would start bringing Swedish Fish to the events. And so that led to people bringing Swedish Fish for all of us. And now they will still bring it. So our friends, Len and Peggy, every time we do an investigation, you know, they'll, they'll show up and they'll give us the big like five-pound yeah. bag of Swedish yeah. Fish. Well, and it's not a problem because it ends up gone by the end of the night oh, with all so of the people. Not always. <laughs> well, <laughs> they gave me a bag one year, and I was when I still worked in the newsroom, and I put a whole bunch of them in a pile on the picture on the counter, and took a picture and told them having a seafood dinner tonight. <laughs> you know, <that's, laughs> eating Swedish fish. But that's how that got started. And then there was another group of, of friends of ours who come to a lot of our events that they became a paranormal group based on working together on investigations that we were doing for events and also our annual Bridgewater Triangle show. So they would go out in the, in the field and work together and they would always share cannolis. So they mm. became team cannoli. Mm -hmm. And so now they would always bring us team cannolis. Uh, they would always bring us cannolis when we would have investigations. Dave came here for our yep. anniversary, brought yep. cannolis. And uh, Len and Peggy came to my uh, yep. lecture in the Accushionate Library a couple of weeks ago and they brought me cannolis. So like, you know, we're, we're pretty well fed. And I feel like I'm going to stop at a convenience store on the way back. Yeah, right? <laughs> Get some Peggy Lawton brownies. Well, uh, they're saying in the chat room that uh, Peggy Lawton's still in business. I just don't see them as much as I used to. Yeah. But uh, 
it also, you know, I'm, I'm also not the same person that I was when I was obsessed with those where, you know, I was probably like 22, 23 years old coming back from the Raven. Yeah. And, uh, you know, probably had a few drinks and I was like, oh, what can I grab? That's a good thing. Oh, yeah. One of those brownies. I miss that place. Well, and I was I was mentioning earlier that that's where we first met. Yeah. Was that place haunted? Yeah. Full blown apparition happened right in front of me and several other people. Was he in the act of uh, what he was doing when he died? Uh, no, he was just walking through a door that used to be there. That's what got us all. This guy, he looked as real as you and me. I'm standing on the back porch. There's this guy that's really, really drunk standing next to me because it was a big-ass party. Two people playing pool inside the door that the drunk and I were watching. It was a couple, young guy and girl, and they're closest to us at the door playing pool. This guy walks around behind the pool table None of us really paying attention till he walked over to the wall. There's a door that went to the owner's office. He went just to the left of the door and walked right through the wall, at which point the guy playing pool dropped the cue stick. His girl took several steps back. I took a step back, and the drunk said, Did you see that? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and all of us were like, and yeah <laughs> and his his name was george right yeah was george yeah and uh george in the old days this this bar yeah uh because it's where there used to be an airport in the old days this bar was a a place for ladies of the night to yeah. do their business and george was their most frequent customer <laughs> and as the legend goes i don't know if anybody's researched it and found yes the, actual truth. the, the owner bj did actually find the information yeah. so the uh what happened was he died in the act. Oh. So he died with a smile on his face, but that's why he Came was there. and went at the same time. Because it was his favorite place. So he would always, you know, want to stay there. So, yeah. And, and so that's how we met was because I would go there and see bands uh, and I would be hanging out. And we hung out there because all the, the, the bikers that drank there used to come and I worked at a diner down the street and they would come and have breakfast all the time. So I knew them all. And if you're going to go and drink in a place like and you're a, you know, just turned 21, 22 kind of person and you're like, I don't really know where is a good place to hang out with a good vibe. You go to a biker bar because if they like you and they accept yep. you, you're you're, you're all in. set. Yeah. You're, you're you don't have to worry about anybody giving you any trouble. So it was a great That's place brave. to have everybody That's was awesome brave. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were all great. I, I was too stupid to know <laughs> to that. I should have been afraid. But the. <laughs> But they were all great people, and it yeah. was awesome to hang out there. And so I'd go there to see bands, and here was this guy running the soundboard for all these bands. And then, you know, I'm fascinated with that kind of stuff anyway. I was an AV nerd in high school, and so and then he would come in to the restaurant for breakfast, and so I would talk to him a little bit, and we knew him as Matt the Sound Guy. And then one day, yep. we were probably three months into doing Spooky South Coast, the waitress was telling him all about how, because it was March, and we started in January. Yeah. So... The waitress was telling him all about, you know, how we were doing this radio show about paranormal topics. And he asked, you know, middle of a busy Saturday, he's like, have him come out here and talk to me. So I go out there, I'm like, what's going on? Like, you know, who knows what's going on? Like, did I, did I screw up his breakfast or something? <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, in typical Moniz fashion, people that know him now, but remember, I didn't know him that well then, looks at me and says, what do you know about the paranormal? <laughs> and I looked at him and I said... Not a lot. That's why I want to do this radio show because I really don't know anything, and this is a chance for me to learn. And he's like, 
that's the right answer. I'll I'll help you out. <laughs> nice, nice. And great. so he came in. I think it was that same night. Yep. He came in, big folder full of you know stuff that he collected over the years that he thought would make good shows. Sat down, and we used to have chairs over there before we had the couch. And he just listened into the to the show. And I told him, I said, you know, if you're going to help us out and be part of this, you're gonna you're gonna be part of this. And so we reluctantly dragged him in front of the microphone. You had no interest at all, no. in being no. on the air. And but we needed him because we you know we're over here like asking him questions like what oh Matt says this so we're like we ha- we brought him in to the fold and, and then as I mentioned to you guys earlier that was in March yep by June he's I, I got him out into the field finally got him out he's telling going. us you're not going to sit here an armchair quarterback the paranormal you're nice. going to go out there and yeah. do it for yourself and so the very first investigation that he took us on Matt Costa and I had yeah. done one before that was kind of a joke a little bit for a newspaper article but he took us on our first kind of real investigation in, into a local cemetery that we we won't talk about uh and then we caught our, an evp the first night yep. oh wow so uh, the reason why we can't talk about it is because they've asked us not yeah. to yeah. promote that it's haunted anymore uh, because they don't want people trespassing there anymore it's uh, been a huge yeah, issue yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. so if you see if that's that damn website only in your state.com oh yeah they yep. keep circulating the story about the most haunted cemetery in massachusetts if you see that please do not go there that's all i can say they don't want you there it's own it's, uh, it's run by a private group now mm. they don't want you to, to to go there and trespass but that's what happened is we caught our first evp and they were hooked and we were driving from that cemetery to the studio and i'm i'm reviewing the audio in the truck as matt cost is driving and i've got my headphones on and as I'm listening, and it was something like this. This is probably not great radio, but uh, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm listening, and I've got my headphones on, and then I heard the EVP. And as soon as I heard the EVP, I was like, "Oh Jesus! I don't want to listen to that ever again." <laughs> yeah. And then I grabbed the headphones, rewind, put them back on, and said, "I got to hear that again." Wow. <laughs> and so from that point on, you know, I was like, "Okay, I get it now. I understand." And but I probably wouldn't have done it if he hadn't given us that kick in the pants. So and now look where you are. <laughs> no, seriously, you guys come along. Uh, especially you, Tim. Obviously, uh, you went from a guy that just read books about it, felt passionate about it, and now you're leading some of the biggest uh, events dealing with it. it. It it all happens for a reason, you know. Like we put on these events, and yeah, we. I mean, listen, I'm not gonna shy away from saying like yeah we make a little bit of money off of it not much we do well a little bit i mean (laughs) okay we need to talk (laughs) hey you're the guy that keeps telling me to donate your cut yes i do so uh some of us aren't as uh, i'm just being a wife some of us aren't as uh, well off as monies and we're like whatever little bit of money we make off of that we have to keep just because i drive a porsche listen when when people don't because we always offer the guests like take home the rest of the pizza take home the rest of the pizza yeah. when they don't take home the rest of the pizza i take it home and that's what i eat for the next three days okay. so we're not really that you know making that much yeah. money off of these events but we do make a little bit so just to be upfront. but the real important part is that we make a nice healthy donation to the location yeah. that's great and yeah. we're giving people a chance to get into places that they couldn't normally get into which is what it's really all about and we talk about this every year on our anniversary show we like to you know toot our own horns on the on that particular night but some of our uh, iTunes reviewers will say we do it all the time, <laughs> but we like to look at the community that we've built and say, oh, a lot of this wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Spooky South Coast. You know, yeah. like if we hadn't started this, these people wouldn't have met, and this group wouldn't have started, and this couple wouldn't have gotten together. And it's it's really kind of mind blowing. But 
then you also look back and you say, well, that's because it's something that's bigger than us. And we were just kind of playing the part that we had to play. We do have some people waiting on the, on the phones as, uh, as I'm tooting my horn when I say that I won't. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. What's shaking, playboy? Hey, Lamone. How's it going? Oh, just living and loving. Just waiting to get on the air. So who, who, I remember the girls. Are those the ladies over there, like September nope. or something like that? You no, know, this is their first time visiting us. They they were here to uh, film their, their new Instagram show. They, they decided that they needed to have a special guest that would make it so that nobody ever watched their show again. So Aww. they came here and interviewed me. Stop. Oh, that sucks. Well, they should. They're going to be very glad and lucky to have you on the on their the program. What is it called? Instagram and a half. That's what I like to call it. <laughs> but it's okay. So, um, I got a Stephanie's not there tonight either. I, no, I, she's, either. she's out sick. So conveniently, and so she would tease us for two weeks and she's gone. Um, I wanted. Uh, so you know, um, you were talking about about like about having like ghosts and stuff. You're talking about. I'm talking about like, you know, like black people come there like the house they're talking about, you know, the conjuring house. You know, I, you know, I've been black people, like I said, most of my life, and it's kind of, kind of difficult to wonder about going to a house that's haunted and see what they think about me popping up. You know, I've had places, I've gone to places that were haunted. They just, and they were like, oh, my grandfather just like black people. So whatever you do, don't hold my hand while he's wearing this house. He's dead, he's a ghost. I don't, think, I don't think I've ever encountered that happening. I, we've, you know, we've investigated places that have been stops on the Underground Railroad before, um, but I don't think I've ever encountered, you know, any kind of racial overtones to investigations. Well, that's well, that's a good thing. That's a good. Even it's those things like maybe they've changed. You know, that period of time going over to the other side. I think that might be the case. You know, it's like I don't know about that. I think it's probably as racist over there as it is here. You know, I'm not like right in my house. I mean, like, you, 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 you think there's racism on the other side? Oh, yes. They say, look, there's another spook come, trying to come over here. I can tell that happens. I don't know about that because, <laughs> you know, anybody that we've talked to, like especially mediums or people who have had near-death experiences, uh, those people usually talk about that when you, when you go to this other place, you realize that all the, the hang-ups that we have here in, in this plane of existence, that none of it matters. So I would, I would like to think they become more enlightened and they wouldn't carry that over with them. I've been to places where, like I said, with what the, about the grandma, grandpa, I've had things thrown at me just because, literally, I'm not coming there with time, like, trying to invoke anything or trying to piss and make anything angry, but like, right. I just walk in. Well, and it's like, it's, it's like me walking into Walmart. Well, you Somebody get that from the living people too, Lamone. So exactly, I well, do. <laughs> no, but it is—it is a good point. I mean, you know, we've—I've never seen it happen down a, a racial divide, and that could be full disclosure. There's not a lot of black well, people that are involved in the paranormal world in this area. You know, we don't have a lot of. Yeah, true. It's—it's. It's, 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 I'm sorry. I not mean, to I, say that there aren't. Um, I'll call them black ghosts, but uh, sure. people of color that have passed. But well, we no, people of color that have passed Listen, is I, I, what I'm trying and, to get. And I, I really don't know why it is, but, you know, and you know this, Lamone, it, the, yeah. the, the paranormal field is predominantly white, and but for oh. some reason, so is the people that come to our events. You know, it's predominantly white. Not that we, you know, yeah. keep track and check it out, but I'm just saying, and like, we have It's kind of obvious when you're looking at the crowd. Yeah. And when we have regular people that came to our come to our events all the time, and it's predominantly white. So, but I've never looked at it from a racial standpoint before, but we do see it happen from a gender standpoint where yeah. 
there's certain places that we investigate Definitely where gender. where females might have been treated poorly. So they, you know, we were talking about the S.K. Pierce mansion where they they supposedly were raping women on, on the third floor, or the the Quickishan Club. Qu- uh, that was just in my head. Where yeah. they used to keep prostitutes on the top yep. floor. The legend goes, no proof, and and they would abuse them. And so we've been in these places where the spirits won't interact with the strong male personalities they'll interact with the females but they don't want anything to do with any male that's you know loud and yelling or or anything like that so i have seen it happen down gender lines but but not during down racial lines but you know maybe it's different in different locations we're also in new england that wasn't a large concern here well i i have heard what I'm saying is that I know of a, a number of different hauntings that happen in the South that are very, um, oh, we'll sure. call it racially yeah. charged hauntings. Yeah, I've, I investigated a lot of those for haunted towns and ghost okay. asylums okay, so, where there yeah. was there was some of that. But I don't think we get that here. So, Lamone, anytime you want to come here and investigate, you should be okay. I'll hold my breath. I mean, my breath. All right. That. Thank like, you, sir. One other, one other thing. It's like if a person's racist in their normal life and they're like in their living life, that stuff carries over who you are and what you are prior to is carries on i mean we say that we say that if you know when you encounter a negative ghost it's probably because Mm -hmm. if they were a jerk in life they'd be a jerk in death but Mm -hmm. then again you know you also would think that people would stop holding on to that stuff so maybe but if you realize you can't go any further because you are a jerk right maybe it's just the spirits that we're encountering are kind of in that in between that they haven't reached that point of enlightenment yet and they're still kind of hanging on to to who they were well, that means they're going to be stuck because there's no way they're going to get enlightened sitting where they're at and at how they're acting right. without some kind of out, outer influence and, and, and outer stimulation. And one thing, you were talking about $125 for, per person a night to stay at the Conjuring House? Yes. Now, is it like, how long is, is it just like overnight? From six they said, until six, they you know? said uh, what, 6, 6 p.m. to 8 a.m.? Correct. So okay. that's a that, pretty good that, amount of time for, for that money. Well, this think, you know, you could either, you, if you came to Vegas, you'd spend $52 to go and go to the to Zach Baggins uh, Haunted Museum, and that's only like 20 minutes or half an hour or whatever the case right. is. You know, so like I said, if I'm going to get more for the money, but I'm not trying to sleep with anything, trying to, you know, come home with a fella, you know, and it's like, especially if I made cheesecake, all the goose, ghosts and spooks try to come home with me then. <laughs> I'm a killer cheesecake from scratch. Even your lady guests that are in the, in the studio would enjoy it. I bake my own cheesecake. We're gonna have to start that as a, yeah. as a side business. Big <laughs> Big Moan's cheesecakes. <laughs> Damn skippy, you little hippies. All right, Lamont, you have a great night. Thank you so it much. It costs thirty five bucks to make one cheesecake, but I make two of them about fifty. So it's off the chain. Off the hook. Sounds good to me. All right, take it easy. All right, take care. Good love night. everybody. My, love my spooky South Coast clan friends. Love you, you too. Take a light, and we'll do a talk to you soon. All okay, right. and I don't want to cry about comics or anything like that. Take a light. All right, thank you. All right, take Made it a easy. player. Bye bye. Play on player. All right, <laughs> that is. Uh, so you just had your first Lamone experience. Ooh. So uh, <laughs> now I want cheesecake. Yeah, right? <laughs> all right. All right, let's go to our next call. And if anybody wants to call in, 508 996 0500. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. Good evening, Tim. Hello. How's it going? It's going slow but sure, but uh, we should have a definite uh, Monday delivery. Monday of this week, and how much is yeah. how much is coming? Okay, now you've got what I told you was 
number one. Now, when I called to claim number one, they put me in for a drawing, and I hit a grand prize on number two. So, and that was drawn February 1st. And I only have a dollar amount of uh, $322 million. So three hundred for, for, for just that one is three twenty two. Yeah, but you you remember the first one I told you was four hundred million. Yes. Okay. Um, and the I Ma- also and, and I also before I before I continue I wanted and the to Mercedes, uh, I thought too. there's also a Malibu. Okay. Yeah. Before I continue, I wanted to uh, shout out to uh, the medium who's ill tonight. Uh, I hope she's doing well because my younger sister contract contacted the flu and she's had that for about a week. Yeah, there's there's something going around, and I, I don't think it's the coronavirus, but there's something going around that is laying yeah, people out. Yeah, it's the natty for, ice virus. Right. Yeah. Well, this whatever it is, it's laying people out for an average of like ten to twelve days. Right. Moniz had it. Yeah, uh, it sucked. The, the HR lady here at the station had it. It was it was kicking her butt for for the better part of a week. So yeah, it's, whatever's going around, it's definitely kind of it's lasting. Okay. Now you have caller ID there, right? Uh, I do. Okay. My last name, spell it out, but not over the air. You know, write it on the paper. You, you know my first no, name. No, it it, yeah, it just comes in as the number, number on this one. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can go into, because, the, I can go into because, the computer records and get it, though. Okay, because I don't know what website to go to, but I was speaking to a federal investigator out of New York the other day, and he said that my name appears as the winner of 25 sweepstakes. Yikes. So... Um, he put a freeze on all of them until I collect this one first. <laughs> well, uh, it, it's it's a brutal process, I guess. But so so anyway, what I I was very intrigued with the um, the house you were talking about um, in, on the first hour of the show, the, the Conjuring House. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now, where is that located? It's in Harrisville, Rhode Island. So it's okay. uh, it's actually a, a, a forty five minutes away. It's a village of Boroughville, which is oh, right okay. next so to Smithfield. Oh, okay. So it's not too far, like from Bristol, because my yeah. grandfather was brought up on a huge farm in Bristol. I don't know if you ever uh, went to the uh, to the um, to the drive-in out there. What, what's yeah. it? The rustic drive-in. drive-in. But oh, uh, I'm not familiar with it. No, but I've heard of it. It's yeah. a it's it's a it's probably about fifteen minutes from the rustic drive-in. Mm. Well, anyway, I, I can remember as a very young, my grandfather took me to the farmhouse he grew up on, but there was there had been a fire there, and it was near the ocean. Um, all that was I remember was the foundation there, and I think a distant cousin that I probably have never met took over the property. Now I don't know if they still have it or if they sold it out because a lot of those big farms sold out to condominiums. Yeah, they've broken up a lot of the so land. So I don't and, know uh, yeah. if that's still there or not. Oh, another good landmark if you're if you're not familiar with the area. Uh, uh, Wright's Chicken Farm is right near there, which people like to go to Wright's Chicken Farm. And you oh, can yeah, yeah, that sounds familiar. Family yeah, sit-down dinner. They advertise quite a bit, yeah. And then uh, it's also not that far from one of my favorite restaurants, Tavern on the Main, yeah. which uh, if you've ever... If you've never gone to great that place, food and yeah. really haunted. Go there on a Sunday. Yeah. Great oh, yeah. deals, but yeah, it's absolutely haunted. It used to be kind of the seat of Rhode Island government. Yeah. Uh, so they did well, all the town hall. The place of the, what's famous Door Rebellion. That's where we get our bi-party system from. That's where wow. that's where the two-party system started. I had no idea. Well, a little bit of history a, for you. That house sounded like a very good investment because apparently they need a lot of work on a barn. Yeah, so they paid. Mm-hmm. They bought the house last June. They paid a little over four hundred thousand dollars for it. 
And, oh, that's a bargain. Uh, well, I mean, it, it it does need a good amount of work, so they they will yeah, have to yeah, put that into it. There must be a, there's a lot of land. There is a too, lot right? of land. Yep. Yeah. See, people don't realize the land. Uh, land can be a real bargain if you got a ton of it with the property. Uh, they always say, you know, invest in land. They ain't making any more. You know, tell it, it to has, volcanoes. Has, absolutely. But uh, yeah, that sounds like a uh, like a good investment to uh, maybe you know uh, get rid of the bats and uh, maybe. Do a little reconstruction work for them, and, uh, and maybe they can uh, can get that rolling maybe sooner than they want. So, so Mark, I have a question for you. Do you have sure. H- Do you have HBO? Uh, no. In fact, I'm going to tell you. I you know what I have for TV? I have a 1995 investment that with it's a piece of metal with suction cups on my window, and I get all the free TV I want. Well, because because the cable companies don't tell you. They, now, we have a big tower on Porter Street for Comcast, and they have a dish on each each side of it. Mm-hmm. They're, draw, they're drawing in because a lot of people – I'm surprised you didn't know where you do a lot of FCC work. The regulations are that every major network, has television to network, has to send out free signals. Right. So Comcast, uh, Xfinity, or whatever, they're pulling in all that signal for free – and they're selling it to everybody, right? Well, when everybody could be getting that for free. What they're what you're paying for when you get the basic channels from them? Because some people do get the cable box that just allows for the basic channels. What you're paying for when you get that is their delivery system. So while you are getting it over the air, you have to buy the right antenna and and pull in the signal the way that you want to do it. What they're giving you is they're giving you a constant signal that they're delivering so that you are getting the same steady picture and you don't have to worry about storms or readjusting your antenna or any of that. So they're charging you for that service. They're not charging you for yeah, the over-the-air channels. But, well, I to mean, me, that's what they're doing because my, my cousin lives out in Westport, and he put a, an aerial on his, on his roof with a rotor that you can turn in the living room, and he gets 68 channels, and he's not a big TV bug. But he told me he gets 68 TV channels for nothing. And the furthest one away he gets is like in uh, the border of Connecticut and New York. So I just look at and, it like this. And, and they have, and they have a, a device I saw on the electronics shoppers network or whatever. They have an antenna that you can buy. You can install inside or out to your TV. And as soon as you install it, It'll, uh, it's got like a ch- some kind of a chip in it that it'll go through every TV in your house, and you'll be get it, get it clear as a bill, and it's like ninety nine bucks. Well, when you do, when you collect on on the sweepstakes, and you've you've got you know all that money, and it's no longer a problem, I recommend getting HBO and watching this new series called McMillions. I think you will be fascinated by it. Maybe somebody can get you a DVD copy of it or something. So the show is about the McDonald's. Uh, monopoly game that they've been running since the the late mm. 80s and it's all about how there were these people and and it's only a couple of episodes in so it's the whole story hasn't unfolded yet but oh. it's all about how these people that were some some of them involved with the company the marketing company that put on the game for McDonald's they were stealing the game pieces and oh, through, that's well yeah that would be through anything a, to through a mafia guy, they were having <laughs> friends of theirs claim the prizes, and he was getting a cut, and and they were they were basically uh, you know basically robbing 
this game blind with all of these set-up winners, and, and, and the FBI in Jacksonville, Florida started investigating it and started unraveling it. So I think, you know, I think you would really enjoy watching it just based on your own circumstances. And, and you know, you were talking about the, um, uh, the Underground Railroad. Uh, now, I don't know if they still exist, but my, my church is a Pilgrim United Church of Christ. Mm-hmm. And the church home, which is to the, on the east side of the street, I went in there in the cellar when I was a kid because we used to store our scouting stuff in there. And I, from what I can gather, uh, there's tunnels that's supposed to go from there to the waterfront. Right. So where, where is that located? What street is that on? Uh, that would be on School and Purchase Street. Okay, so uh, Purchase Street, it's, it's funny that you, you bring that up because I've had the uh, opportunity to investigate Greasy Luck. Yeah. And oh, in, really? In the basement of Greasy Luck, they have what where there used to be tunnels. We we found what we think are probably signs of tunnels. And what happened was, you know that they had the, the big meeting house there um, uh, yeah. the, that burned down. What what we think, based on some of the history that we've done, is that the Underground Railroad did go through there, and because we knew that New Bedford was very rich in abolitionist history, and right. and uh, so what happened was they had these tunnels that were going there, and there was a fire that happened at that that meeting house. I forget the exact name of it, oh. but uh, and what happened was we were encountering this spirit in the basement of of Greasy Luck, which you know they probably don't want yeah. me to keep talking about the ghost there, but. Uh, <laughs> And what happened was the you know the owner's wife basically got burned on her arm, and yeah. and that's really? how this all started. And when we went down there, you know Stephanie's making a connection with with this spirit, and we're picking up uh, EVPs and all kinds of stuff. And basically, what we think happened is that one of the slaves was in the process of trying to use the tunnels, and when the fire broke out, you know got caught in this fire and and, and perished, and was trying is trying to warn everybody about the fire now. So it's mm-hmm. uh, it's very interesting that. Um, you know, well, kind of I'm not, I'm not sure if, if they exist, but I think there was, from that, uh, the church home in the basement, I think those, there's the tunnels, I think they still go to the waterfront. Yeah, there's tunnels all sure. down there. I'm supposed to get the chance to go into some of the ones that are still, um, used, that you can still actually go in there, so I'll, I will let you know when that happens. Uh, we'll, we'll do a story about it here at WBSM and... Uh, We'll let oh, you know absolutely, when we get in there. because there's uh, there's a lot I'd like to know about Frederick Douglass because I've only recently found out about the history of him, and uh, he was one of the biggest uh, icons of the city. So tune in uh, to Town Square Sunday. I think it ran last week. There was a, but I'm sure they'll rerun it uh, in the, again in the coming weeks. Uh, Lee Blake <laughs> from the Historical Society is working right, on trying right. to get a new park. And uh, and more uh, history out there about the abolitionists and about Frederick oh, and that'll Douglass. that'll be a lot of uh, uh, spookiness for you to investigate too. That absolutely to <laughs> trying to. All right, well, thank you for the call and, and keep us up to date with everything. Well, hopefully uh, we'll celebrate all week. All right, I'll I'll be looking for the uh, Malibu out in the parking lot. I'll DJ. Okay. Take it easy. <laughs> we'll be talking, Tim. Have Take a good care. night. Bye bye. Yeah, that's the great thing about this area is it does have such rich history. And so much of that rich history has paranormal connections to it, too. So, you know, I mean, I've talked with Lee over at the Historical Society, and she's talked to us about some of the stories people oh, have yeah. told over the years. And, you know, we, we kind of want to get into some of these places and uh, and be able to not only explore the paranormal, but help them raise some money off of it, too. You know, um, 
you're familiar with Wareham and the Fearing Tavern in Wareham. Mm-hmm. You know, we we investigate there. You know, with the first people that yeah. ever investigated, there, we're the only ones they really let in now. Yeah. But they now get a good check from us every year as part of their you know annual fundraising because people want to come and check that place out. And if you Google Fearing Tavern before you get to any of the history, you're getting to all the paranormal stuff now. Oh wow! Which you know when you can keep a place going yeah. and keep them yeah. be able yeah. to and we used to always when we would do these events we'd we'd make it a point to say to them we're going to give you a check for two or three, three or four thousand dollars what are you going to use that money for and they'd be like well you know we need I was like no no tell us exactly so that when we go out there and tell the group they'll know what, what they did yeah we put in what the People floor like they put they redid the floorboards in front of the front oh, door of the fairing wow. tavern oh, that's great. replaced the you know that 300 yeah. and something year old wood oh and uh, or 200 something because it was yeah. a 1700 section they replaced that wood with you know money that and when they did it they have to use you know historically Theory. accurate yeah. yeah and then uh, they're very lucky that the president of the historical society her husband is um in construction but he's certified to work on historical properties so they can save some money by utilizing him <coughs> but at the same time they still have to follow all these yeah all these the um but regulations we kept like um the Military History Museum in uh, New Bedford. We paid for their heat for the entire winter. Yeah, they, doing used, one they used to have to close in the winter because they couldn't afford the heating bill. And we would do the events there in October. Yep. And so we said, like, what are you going to use the check for? And like, well, this is going to allow us to pay the heating bill so we can have volunteers here every day all through the winter. Right. So people get to come in. And then, you know, the city solicitor shut that down because of the dangerousness of battery Milliken and all that stuff. So... Yeah, I'm still. Yeah, I'm, I'm we're still, still bitter. I'm still, I'm still shell shocked a little bit from when I got reamed out in a park board meeting oh, about geez. why we had never gone to the park board before to get permission. Oh, oh no, th- this guy set it all up. I don't know. But um, yeah, so hopefully someday we can get back into that again because it's a again fascinating local history that people don't know about. It, people know that the fort is there. They have no idea what it's all about. Mm-hmm. They have no idea that it was built. In the, in the time of the Civil War, or started and during the time of the Civil War. designed by Robert E. Lee. Oh, my goodness. And they have yeah. no idea that, you know, Robert's Rules of Order that we use in all of our, you know, community meetings, that's where they were created. Yeah. You know, so all of these, all of this history that's tied into their people, people Oh, I know. know. I mean, like we were saying earlier, well, the fact that we we're researching the show, just the, the, this whole element of history, you know, not just the paranormal, but yeah. the history yeah. behind everything, you know, is you, just so you fascinating. You can't have one without the other. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you need to have the history as part of it because that, first of all, tells you, you can't go into an investigation and have a whole bunch of stuff happen if you don't know how that's going to tie in. Yeah. And you need to kind of know, know some psychics, they don't want to know going in, yeah. but whatever. But yeah, somebody needs to know the history and say, well, that makes sense. Let's go down this path, which is why when we do these investigations, we always have somebody from the historical society with yeah. us that can kind of help us out in that regard. Right. And what do we, what is the tagline for what we do? Come for the ghost, stay for the history. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. But that's, that's the, the key part about this is, you know, you see, 15, 16, 17 year old kids coming to our events to look for ghosts, learning the history of these places when if they went there on a school field trip, they'd be bored out of their minds. Yeah. Right. But even now, they bring the fifth grade kids over to the Fearing Tavern and they'll talk about the fact that no, there's ghosts in the place. You know, So that it makes a difference. Whereas now the kids are like, what? Wait? Hello? Well. Hold on. <laughs> so it does, it does make a difference. And I, and I think that there's, there's 
a good generation of people coming up that appreciate history. Mm. I just don't know if they're going to do enough to keep it going. So they're, you know, they're interested in it. They want to learn about it, but are they going to take the time to join the historical society and to keep doing the the work that they do? You know, uh, Salem is lucky that they have a great group of young people that are involved, but there's a lot of inner politics too, but they have a great group of younger people that care about preserving the history of, of the town. But we don't see that in our own towns around here, you know? Yeah, I have to say, you know, I have children who are 12 and 9, and we've gotten involved in our local community with a local historical society. And it's been great. It's been great for the kids to learn. And, you know, my child, my daughter, has been involved in participating in this old schoolhouse. And they do reenactments and stuff, and it's great for them. You know, they're learning history and having fun at the same time. Hold on. So based on what you said earlier about where you live and the area where you're from, I'm gonna. Was it? Is it the Hornbine School? No. So no, I'm in Lincoln, Rhode Island. Okay. So it's Hearthside House. Yeah. So go to the Hornbine School yeah. though. When okay. you're going out looking for the redheaded hitchhiker. Oh Go yes. by there as it's well. Right down, oh well, my down goodness. the road. I'm so yeah. creeped out about this because Julie so, said I have to drive past this. This the story yeah, Rehobus, goes. Right. Yeah. The story yeah. goes. If you go to the schoolhouse and look in the windows, oh. you'll see a class. Really? Go home that way tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to have to. In the light. In the light. <laughs> so, yeah, when you encounter the red-headed hitchhiker, you can thank me for that. Uh, Great. <laughs> you can say, this. he's the one that told me to pull over and pick him up. Oh, God. Make now, sure to honk your horn and flash your lights. Okay, and, okay, this is a ritual. <laughs> yeah, well, that's well, the folklore. Okay. But. Yeah, the, no, well, and also there's, you know, there's that other cemetery has a story, too, where if you do the same thing, yeah. you know, you'll... The spirit will come up behind him. But I'll tell you that off there because I don't want to keep yeah. telling their legends uh, and having them get upset. Well, we're just about out of time. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Uh, I also want to congratulate Eric, who last week I had mentioned this uh, on, on Spooky that we were carrying over the Twin Peaks contest from Midnight in the Desert because mm-hmm. we wanted to give people a chance to win. Eric actually won that. So he's going to get two tickets to go to Graceland to see the Twin Peaks 30 convention happening in April. And uh, I know that the question has come up in the chat room. T-Rex was asking, as of right now, I'm not going to be there, uh, but we are still in discussions with them to see if they need me to come in to do anything. Because I said, hey, any panels that you want me to moderate or anything like that, or I'd love to get up and give a presentation on the paranormal side of Twin Peaks, but uh, we're waiting to see if anything happens with that. So as of right now, there's no plans for me to be there, but damn we will definitely do now that we've built this relationship between midnight in the desert and graceland we will definitely be planning something uh down the line because they 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 love the show and they love the idea of us working together so i'm sitting here thinking to myself graceland yeah hmm. Hmm. i think we could pull something together there so uh, we should we should be able to, to work something out there but i don't know if i'll be there for twin peaks 30 and just a reminder for everybody i i don't like to I try not to cross-pollinate the shows too much, but if you have not yet become a subscriber to Midnight in the Desert, please do. It's just $5 a month, $4.99 a month. You get access to all the archives. You can listen to all the great episodes that we do. I know a lot of you listen to Spooky South Coast because you know it's something that you listen to during your work day. You might not be able to listen to it live on a Saturday night, but it it's something that you can listen to you know on Monday when you get to work, when you're supposed to be actually doing your job, and instead you're listening to a podcast. <laughs> and if if that's the case, you know Midnight in the Desert gives you that opportunity with five shows a week. Good of, to listen to on the ride into work. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. It's great discussion about weird things 
in a long form style that you just can't find anymore. So I highly recommend that uh, everybody that's into this show, check it out. And if you're not sure if you want to spend the money to subscribe, just go to anywhere you get podcasts, anywhere you get the Spooky South Coast podcast and search for the Midnight in the Desert Hour. And what that does is it gives you one free hour of every night's show so you can listen to it and check it out. All right. Well, that is going to do it for tonight. If you want to reach out to us at any point during the week, Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, all that. One more time, quick, give out the uh, the Instagram. VGTV. We are from VGTV. Find us on Instagram. There you go. And uh, absolutely, you want to make sure that you follow them and help them out and spread the word around, help them spread the word about the show. Thanks, Tim. And uh, we will also continue to, to keep an eye on the things that they're doing as they bring you really cool different guests. You know, maybe we'll have you come back in and talk more about it. Sounds great. All right. So we will be back next week, right? That's the 20... Yeah, we we will be back next week. There won't be a show the week after that because I got asked to be at the Oliver House that night. But we'll return next Saturday night where we'll talk more about the world of the paranormal. Until then, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, for Kara, for Julie, I'm Tim. Stay spooktacular.